All right, ready, set. One, two, three. Got it. Okay. Does it or does it not feel good to be clapping again? It feels good. Ooh, feels good. <laughs> Becca? I feel like I have to clap all the time already. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, so let's let's just get the formalities out of the way. The f- most important formality, the most formal of them all, is that this is a podcast. It's called Fire the Canon, and throughout this podcast, we have frequently read the books in the Western canon and decided if they belonged in that canon or not. And also throughout the podcast, I've been your host, Rachel. Throughout the podcast, I've been your host, Jackie, or as Rachel likes to call me, Backy. No, no, no. That's what I call you two as a duo. (laughs) (laughs) So who's the other member of our duo? It is Becca. I'm the other member of Backy. And also, I'm on the podcast, but not throughout the podcast, only recently. It's been it's been a while though. I don't know about it's recently been some anymore. Time. I don't know. <laughs> it's it been recent. almost a year. <laughs> but we haven't recorded in like three months. We've taken yeah. an extended break. Um yeah. like if this amount of time we haven't been recording was a hotel, it would be the extended stay in because that's how long it's Is that been. a real place? But we're back. And there have been yes, it is. Um, that's the place that you move into, like, if your house burns down and you oh, need no. a place to go for a while. Oh, that's okay. sad. I don't know. That's yeah, just that's what I always sad. think of it as. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Let's erase that. Um, but <laughs> what so a Rachel, bummer. Before we get into funny stuff, <laughs> why has it been three months since we've recorded, Rachel? There's a few things. The main one is every year Jackie throws a Halloween party and it takes her quite a while to plan. <laughs> that is not the main thing. The main thing is that Rachel got married. Yes. Yay. I got married and I also took the freaking bar exam and we adopted two puppies and we accidentally adopted a kitten who Becca saw. Jackie may have seen him earlier during this recording, but He's really cute. We found him on Friday the 13th, and he's all black, except he has one white whisker. That's the crypt whisker. And when Becca was asking me if I would show her the kitten, she said, <laughs> oh, where's that black guy in your house? Yeah. He's oh. the black guy in your house. Uh, well, not all the time. There are other you, ones often. He's the black guy, though. You know, yeah, the one who lives in here. your house. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Also, friends and neighbors who stopped by. I thought they were mostly ladies. And little kids. But, I mean, little kids and ladies can both be guys. That's and adults. That's the thing is, like, yeah, it's 2023. Anybody can be a little guy. Yeah. It's true. But he's cute. The puppies are cute. Anybody, anybody can be a black guy in 2023. <laughs> mm, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I've had a lot going on. And then Becca has had a couple exam periods in that time when I'm sure she was happy that she didn't have to record a podcast. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we've started a little bit early for me, but it, it's okay. Oh, you're saying you wish that we'd taken four months off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <It's> okay. <laughs> yeah, we announced uh, no time that we were taking off. So, I mean, what's what's another month at this point? Another fun thing we did was, so it is now November. We're recording early November. It was Rachel's birthday yesterday. Happy belated birthday to oh, Rachel. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that I had going on, I guess. Yeah, I didn't have a birthday this year because my birthday was Rachel's wedding, mm-hmm. but that was even better than a normal birthday. And your real birthday, your spiritual birthday is Halloween. 
That's true. So, yeah, so we've had a lot going on. In September, we went to Rachel's bachelorette party, which was in Puerto Rico, and there's all kinds of funny stories from Mm -hmm. that. And I feel like the one thing I've been thinking about when I was like, okay, obviously we're going to get to the book stuff. But I'm like, next time we record, I always have an idea of like, what's, what's a funny story we could tell? And there's only one thing that has consistently stuck out in my mind since September, and it's uh, a story about Lydia at the bachelorette party, <laughs> which I don't think she'll mind if we tell. She's fine. No, she won't mind. She'll never know, actually. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, she'll probably never know. Well, guys, let me start with this. Have you ever been down so bad that you had to take all your clothes off to poop? <laughs> Becca? Uh, you mean like not from drunkenness, but when you're like, this is going to be a big one. I'm going to shower after this bad boy. Yeah. So that you, kind of thing. That Yeah. Yeah. You have. Okay, so this runs in the family. Not. No. Wait. Have you never done that, Jackie? <laughs> I've never done it. No. You've never. You've I have wow. never taken my shirt off to poop. No. You're not like planning to shower after. I, there's never been a time when I'm like. I either already needed to shower before. I wasn't before. going to shower, but now I have yeah, to. It's never yeah. made me need a shower I didn't need beforehand. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, there was one night. Yeah. Okay, yeah, let's hear the story. <laughs> well, I'll just let me just say this. There was one night we hadn't even, I mean, you know, you drink throughout the day and stuff, but we weren't drunk or anything. We were, like, getting ready to start for the night. And Lydia was gone, like, just gone. And we were like, okay, well, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting. And we thought for, like, the longest time she was, like, on the phone with well, um, because Ryan or something. Because you guys said, where's Lydia? And I said, she's dealing with something right now. And the reason I said that is because Lydia said, hey, <laughs> I have to poop. Tell them I'm dealing with something right now. <laughs> so I said, she's dealing with something. So she, and everyone thought, like, her boyfriend and her were having a big fight. <laughs> Or, like, something bad was happening. Something bad was happening. Because well, somebody was like, is Lydia okay? Is something terrible happening? Yeah. It's like, it's just, she's constipated or she's the opposite. I don't know. Something bad's happening. But it's, yeah. So she comes out and I was just like, Lydia, like, you you okay? And she just responded in the most deadpan monotone voice. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, she goes, that was crazy. <laughs> I had to take my clothes off. <laughs> Well, and in that three words, that, that was, was all crazy. I needed to know and all I wanted and yet to know. You found in fact. out more. <laughs> yeah. She texted me the other day, actually. I think uh, Lydia and I have never been uh, the kind of friends that text each other outside of having anything to do with Rachel. But she texted me a meme about taking off all your clothes to poop. And I don't, I don't even think I had her number saved. And I was like, oh, this is Lydia. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. Lydia, that was crazy. she also told me she had a dream a couple nights ago with my friend Suman. She had a dream that we were all hanging out and I kept talking to Suman and like mispronouncing her name in the conversation. And Lydia had to be like, Rachel, stop saying her name wrong. <laughs> she also, uh, I guess we could cut this out if you think, depending on, but uh, we, we also bonded, Lydia and I, because we um, are like medication sisters. Like we take the exact same doses of the exact same types of medications. Mm-hmm. Different reasons though, right? I think. No, same reasons. Oh. Same reasons, um, according to her. And... She was like, do they give you nightmares? And I was like, yeah, they do. They give you real bad nightmares. She's like, what about sweating? And I was like, yeah, you sweat real bad. And she was like, well, I have to get up every single night and change the sheets. And I was like, oh, huh. <laughs> how many? That's not how great. How often is, is she though? washing sheets? I would just sleep I on a towel every, at that point. Every night. Yeah, she every says. night. How many sheets does she have? At least two. Yeah. 
Maybe just one set. Oh, yeah, set. maybe one. <laughs> She's washing them every day. I have to literally sleep with a, a change of clothes with me at all times because I have to get up and change clothes because it's the sweat is phenomenal. It's outstanding. Oh. It is so good, <laughs> the amount of sweat. Whoa, okay. That's crazy. That is crazy. Um. So what other funny things have happened other than Lydia having to take off all her clothes to poop? Yeah, let's, let's talk some life updates now that you know about one of my sister's digestive That's issues most important life <laughs> oh, wait, okay here's something to do well maybe i'll la- save this for the end because it'll be a good segue we also have an upcoming segment which is going to be like things jackie's cried over now that she's not taking her oh yeah is it anxiety I medication or something <laughs> she's been taking notes about stuff that makes her cry <laughs> yeah i've been like lydia sherpa into the world of taking this medicine but at the same time like i'm not taking it anymore um and so i've been keeping a list <laughs> of all the things that have like either made me cry or that I've teared up over since we're talking about it now do you want me to just do that and then we can then we can talk about some book stuff or do some life updates yeah yeah or wasn't there also like things that have made you like have a panic attack and it's like my pencil eraser broke or something uh you think you must have dreamed that because I have not had a panic attack (laughs) oh nice but even better yeah even better uh and but if my pencil eraser broke that I would lose my shit right of course (laughs) that I can tell you okay so things that I teared up about this week not This is not always like crying, but this might just be like a tightening feeling in the throat or something. Okay, number one. And tell me how you guys would feel about these. If we would cry or not cry? Yeah. Okay. I heard a CareSource commercial, which is like a type of Medicaid, uh, reminding people to update their contact information. No. And I thought that's so nice of them to remind I people. I would not cry. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a picture of my friend's baby. No. No. I'm not a big baby person. I'm not a big baby person either. You know this about me. I heard a story about someone else tearing up due to seeing a picture of someone else's baby. No. No. (laughs) Because then it would have happened just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Um, So I went to Salem with Joshua and his parents, and I made them go on a witchy tour with me. And the tour guide told us to stand up for what's right. Mm, It depends on how emotional the tour was before that i think it's pretty emotional like a lot of people were murdered a lot of people are murdered a lot of times all over the place and i don't cry about all of it he took us to the most haunted dunkin donuts in the country (laughs) how emotional is that (laughs) i i will say i did tear up about when we were doing the whole crucible thing but i don't know if i would tear up from a tour guide at salem i don't know i could i could go either way i think 70 no 80 percent chance i would not tear up but I might. He pointed at like the graveyard full of all the Salem people and he was like, all those people didn't say anything. Whoa. <laughs> like, well, a lot of them were dead before that happened. But so anyway, um, I saw a picture of a cat. No. Depends. Um, I imagined a thought that someone else might have about a baby, but I didn't have any evidence they actually thought that thing. A lot of these are about babies. Was it a mean thought or a nice thought? Like, that's an ugly baby. And then you cried. <laughs> I think the thought was, this baby's all fucked up. <laughs> No, I wouldn't cry if if I (laughs) thought that someone might think that about a baby. (laughs) Um, I tried to give away a pinata for free, and the person who said they wanted it never picked it up. No. (laughs) (laughs) I would be just, it would hurt my feelings, though. I wouldn't cry, but I'd be like, wow. Wow. Yeah, this is how you treat me and my pinata. (laughs) (laughs) This is 
can't you treat my free pinata? But the funny other thing about that is that um, <clears throat> they did eventually come pick it up after I'd added this to the list. And it was at, it was this weekend. So Rachel, Steven, my youngest sister, Caitlin, her boyfriend, and then our other friend, Jordan, um, all came to my Halloween party. And they were all like sitting in the dining room having breakfast. And they watched this woman walk up on my porch and take a box and leave. And Jordan saw this happen and didn't say anything until afterwards. She was like, did you? did you just get robbed? That woman just took a box off your porch. And I was like, oh no, that was her getting the pinata. But like, thanks for stopping her if that wasn't her. Yeah. Wow. Oh, here's something that would make you cry, Jackie. Don't don't make me cry, Becca. Well, I think, well, it was kind of nice, but it's also kind of sad. I didn't cry, but I was thinking, oh, how touching and also very sad. So, and this, I'm not going to give any specific information, so this won't violate HIPAA or anything, but I had a patient that is on the autism spectrum and he's like in his thirties and he's- Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah, you probably do. But he's like nonverbal and he can't take care of himself and he's so he still lives with his parents. Okay. And like usually people like in their thirties, especially anyone with like developmental issues, like have terrible teeth because it's just like, you know- It's hard. Maintaining. Yeah. It's a lot of steps to keep your teeth clean. Yeah. yeah. And even people Honestly. who don't have that severe of problems, you know- will have bad teeth, you know, because it's it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. But he had really good teeth. He had like only one filling. Oh. It's because his parents brush his teeth twice a day and they floss his teeth. And it's like he's so resistant to like let people do things in his mouth. So it's like you know that this old couple are putting so much effort and time into yeah. brushing his teeth every day that Keeping they're like their in really good teeth shape. Perfect. And it's just like, that was, I don't know. I was like, that is like, that's very nice. Some love. Because you, yeah, if he fights them on it every time and he's got to be pretty big and strong by now. And, but it's so important, like little PSA for your teeth here. Like that's also your cardiovascular health and oh. your mental health oh, is no. very highly yeah. connected to your teeth. But it was oh, just like, sucks. I was like, yeah. oh, they really love him. You know, like that's, that's love right really there. Love him. You know? Yeah. Aww. Well, Becca, it didn't work. I didn't cry, but yeah. that is really sweet. Yeah. Okay, we're almost at the end of this list. Um, This is my friend Michael, who, erstwhile listener of the pod, I don't know if he still listens, but he said something profound about why Gandalf is always mad at Pippin, and I thought that is so true. (laughs) Gandalf is like toxic masculinity embodied, if you think about it. We can talk about this at another point, but most of Pippin's fuck-ups are actually Gandalf's fuck-ups first, okay? Just keep that in mind. Okay. (sighs) To compose myself. Um... I was on Spotify and I saw that Halsey, the artist, Halsey has had over 31 billion streams worldwide, billion with billion with a B. And I just thought about how big of a number that is. And I, and I choked up. Oh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't cry about that. Yeah, I meant I'm mentally ill. And then uh, a cat that I had never met, but that was like fostered through the foster place died this week. Oh. And I sobbed for like an hour and oh. I never even met this cat. And it was an old cat, though, Becca, if oh. that helps. <laughs> It does yeah. help. It does help. It doesn't help Jackie, but it helps other people. The last one, which is funny, is there's a restaurant in Cincinnati called Skyline, which is if you're from anywhere in the Midwest, you'll know what Skyline is. They put is. chili like on the spaghetti. Cincinnati chili place. Chili on spaghetti. Um, but I took 
Jordan and Steven and Rachel and everybody there on the last day of this Halloween weekend because they said they wanted to try Cincinnati chili. And I said, no, you don't. And they were like, well, we're here, so let's mm-hmm. try it. So we took them there. And um, Caitlin read the back of the Skyline menu out loud to everyone. And I started choking up because it was so beautiful that he wanted to create a place for family and friends where they could have an experience they'd never forget. And I just thought that story was so but beautiful. But the food was gross. The food was gross. I But I teared up being read the back of a Skyline menu. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. it was. It, I don't think it was gross. I think it was an experience. It was a regional delicacy. Let's put it like that. Well, have you guys cried about anything silly recently or should we just get into this book? Let's see. Is there anything else? We've got some other little things we can talk about at some point. But why don't we make one of those things part three of our Moby Dick miniseries. Okay, so now I'll tell you the Ooh, thing. Mom called what? me right before the podcast. <laughs> no, it's it's relevant. And she was like, okay. you know. Becca is like the opposite of a vampire. She waits until she's not invited yeah. and then she's like coming yeah. in. So it's just so everyone knows that I'm not a vampire. That's why. Okay. But she called me mm-hmm. and she said, oh, what are you guys talking about? And I said, well, we're doing Moby Dick. And she said, what? And I said, yes. And she said, Wow. It's about time. You should have done that ages ago. <laughs> that's the that's the one of the biggest, most important classics. You should have already done that. All the other ones we did were also big and important, basically. Well, mom thinks this one's basically the biggest and most important classic. Wait a second. She would know that if she'd listened to our first two Moby Dick episodes. Or even looked at our feed in the past five months. <laughs> or our Herman Melville episode. Yeah, this is like half a year of Moby Dick at this point almost. <laughs> You know what's funny is she tries, when I say like, oh, you know, my parents don't really listen and she hears me say that, she's like, we do too listen. And it's like, girl, do you? Do you? Maybe if you had done Moby Dick early enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, you didn't. So now I'm gone forever. All right. So we're going to do this thing again where I typed out a summary of the chapters and Becca's going to... Oh, yes. Becca's going to tell us about them and then we're going to kind of jump mm-hmm. in. So... This is always fun for me because I like that Becca doesn't know what's coming next and she just has to read it and see what comes Surprise. out. Surprise! What? That's how I am when I'm talking, too. You never know what's coming out. I don't know what I'm going to say. Yeah, that's kind of true. Until I say it. I also never know what Becca's going to say until she says so it. So we're in the same boat, if you think about it. Just like Ahab and Ishmael <gasps> and Queequeg. <laughs> yes, we're in that boat. Ahab, the main character of the story. So, Rachel, would you give us a little just brief overview of what has happened so far? Like, I don't know, within maybe like three to four seconds. Yeah. Uh, Time starts Ishmael now. Ishmael gets gay married to Queequeg. They go on this boat. I forget what it's called. The Pequod. All right, time's up. <laughs> they go on a boat and the boat sets off. <laughs> That's about it. Wait, no, but they off. get a wheelbarrow. <laughs> they Yeah, they get a wheelbarrow. No, they learn that... Um, Captain Ahab got his leg chomped by a whale and that he's, like, bent on revenge. Mm -hmm. So that's it. They've also been noticing some weird things. Like, before they got on the ship, some guy named Elijah was like, don't get Mm. on that ship. And they were like, we're going to get on that ship. They saw ghostly figures. And then Ishmael saw, like, some ghosts. Yeah, ghostly figures. And they're like, what's that about? So some weird things have been happening. But mostly it's just been Ishmael, like, geeking out about whales. Wait, is Ishmael, he's the main guy, right? He's the narrator. Yeah, and he, mm-hmm. like, just goes on a boat every couple years. He's really weird. Yeah, he's funny. Whenever he gets sad. But we did the first 45 chapters in our other two, so give give those a little 1.5 time listen if you want a quick recap. But now we're starting with chapter 46. We're 2.5 right. if you have ADHD. <laughs> you oh. can handle it. So, 46. <laughs> it's called Surmises. 
which I don't really know. I think a surmise is a word. It is. It's like a guess, right? Yeah, or like a thought or... Or like an assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I know what surmise means. Okay, so even though Ahab's main goal is to kill Moby Dick, he still is fine with killing other sperm whales too, since the more of those he kills, the more statistically likely it is the next one will be Big D. I don't know how true that is. But. Can we call him Big D? I know we were calling Darcy's dad Big D in Pride and Prejudice, but I think we can also call Moby Dick Big D, right? Hmm. I would call him Big M. I think you should be White D. Because <laughs> he's white. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, but White Ds are actually pink. Ew, Jackie, come Does on. Does it just mean like he thinks he needs the practice so that when he sees White D, he can take him on? Well, actually, I mean, partially, <laughs> but also it's because he knows that if he's going to take down Moby Dick, he has to have his crew like loyal to him and behind him and supporting him. And he knows that the main way to do that is with money. And the main way to get money when you're a whaling ship is kill whales. So, kill those big Ds. Yeah. So so if he kills a bunch kill of whales, then the crew will support him and have his back and none of his officers will be able to like lead a mutiny, basically. Hmm. So that that now raises the question, do all the other whales, are they called other kinds of dick? Like, if like is Moby that the dick, last name all whales have? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is it like, well, this is Arthur Dick and this is like Maria Dick and this is Coconut Dick and this is yeah. Squid Dick? I, I, I think know. so. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that works. And the problem, too, in the outline, basically, Ahab might have told the sailors his true goal of the voyage too early. So now he's left himself open to mutiny, which would be totally legal and morally okay, since his stated objective is whack. So it's legal to have a mutiny? Yeah, he was like, I'm actually just here to get this one whale. And it would be kind of reasonable if everybody was like, well, that's not why we signed up, so we can just like not listen to you. And he was like, maybe I said that a little too soon. When you do a mutiny, do you kill? Do you have to kill the captain? No. Or do you just put him in the brig? You could just not listen to them and imprison yeah, them. Yeah, you can put something. him in the brig or tie him up to the mast, whatever you want to do, really. What would be funny would be if they didn't imprison him at all. They just stopped <laughs> listening to him. And he just ran around the deck yelling at everyone and they just pretended they didn't hear him. That like they gave him really the silent treatment. I think that's honestly what he said he was afraid of is he was like, they could just not listen to me anymore. And like, I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So he needs the money. Hey. The next is the mat maker, 47. Mm -hmm. Ishmael is helping Queequeg, his one true love, mm -hmm. weave a mat to be used in lashing things to the side of the boat. When Tashtego cries out that he sees a whale. A school of whales. There's a rush of activity. Every man on board prepares for the pursuit. But suddenly there's a shout. Everyone's startled and looks at Ahab. He is surrounded by five dusky phantoms that seem to have come out of thin air. And then the chapter ends. R.L. Stein wrote this chapter. With this book, I always want to know, is it spooky or is it racist? And we'll have to find out. Or both. <laughs> the one, oh, one thing because when you hear the word dusky that usually means depending dark on complexion. when it was written yeah the one thing that is important that wasn't in the notes if it wasn't is that when they're working on like weaving the mat you know how Ishmael's very philosophical and he's like kind oh of. my gosh 
this is a metaphor for life because like these threads, some of these threads are fixed just like necessity. And we have like as humans, we have some free will because we're able to weave these other threads however we want, but only mm-hmm. within the fixed structure. And mm-hmm. so he's like, that's just like life. And then Queequeg like hits the loom. God, doesn't that just make you want to cry? <laughs> no. Queequeg hits the loom <laughs> and then it changes the pattern and Ishmael's like, oh my gosh, it's just like oh, chance. Yeah. He needs to calm down. It's crazy that Queek, like, what does Queequeg see in him? He's hot, probably. Everyone's hot. All the men are hot in this book. Yeah, he has to be. Yeah, Ishmael is like, I weave my own destiny into unalterable threads. Meanwhile, Queequeg's impulsive, indifferent sword hits weakly or crookedly. This guy's not even thinking about what he's doing. Ishmael doesn't give any thought to what he's doing. He's just like, I'm kind of depressed. Time to go to sea. And then he just randomly (laughs) picks a boat because his boyfriend's like, this is where I'm going. And he's like, oh, okay. So what is he talking about? Like forging his own destiny. He literally got to a room and they were like, you can share a room with a random guy you don't know and he's like okay marriage time well he was pretty thoughtful about it he was like first i want to look at all his clothes and then he was like okay now oh yeah he went through all of his stuff but anywho next chapter is the first lowering and it's Mm -hmm. basically the five dusky phantoms are actually just filipino dudes that ahab had kept hidden below the deck (laughs) secret oh my god What the hell? He says, now, some white people think that those guys work for the devil. And then he just ends the paragraph there. He doesn't say, but I'm not one of them. He's just like, some people think they work for the devil. Anyway, that's who was on the ship. (laughs) It was secret Filipinos. Why did Ahab have secret Filipinos (laughs) is my question. Is it for karaoke reasons? (laughs) Yeah. the only thing yeah. I can think of is oh, backup singers five secret Filipinos yeah. <laughs> okay um their leader is Fidala a tall dark complexioned obviously man with his own hair braided into a turban a turban atop his head he just wrapped it around his head isn't that how Filipinos are their names are like things like Fidala and they wear hair turbans no mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so <laughs> these all these names he comes up with like Herman Melville wasn't a he wasn't a poorly traveled dude. Like, he was kind of a well-traveled dude, but y- you would think, like, any name of anyone outside of, like, America or Britain that he had to come up with would just be, like, a collection of syllables. I mean, it's possible. The Philippines, they're, they've been, like, a hub of travel for people from all over for a long time. So there's, like, a big Muslim community. There are Chinese Filipinos. There's all kinds of different Filipinos. But what is Queequeg? What is He's Queequeg? not Filipino. I've never heard anything. Not my business. I know, but what his he, name does, is. he doesn't... <laughs> it's only Rachel's business if they're Philippine. Yeah. <laughs> Can't speak to whatever Queequeg anyway, okay, okay. is. But anyway, <laughs> they come up to Ahab and he's like, are you guys good? And he's like, oh, yeah. And everyone jumps into the smaller boats and lowers down for the chase. What's funny for this about me, or sorry, what's funny <laughs> about this for me is like I wrote these ridiculous things and sometimes Becca reads them and sometimes she doesn't. <laughs> and it's funny for me to see what she does. So I wrote, Ahab says, you all set fed? And he's like, sure am, old yeah. Hab. <laughs> and Becca just turned it into something yeah. normal. Yeah, Ahab <laughs> says, you guys good? <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like my odyssey, like <laughs> the different <laughs> translations. This is my translation. So we just now the guys are chasing the whales on little boats and they're having conversations. Apparently one person is like, oh yeah, I knew there were going to be stowaways. And then Stubbs like, what's the big deal? There's five more guys to help us. Who cares where they came from? Yeah. No, the problem Ishmael- is that it was a secret. <laughs> Yeah, why was it a secret? No, Rachel, who cares? There's (laughs) five guys to help us now. So there's like a kind of a, it just goes through like different conversations and thoughts that different people have. One of them, I guess this guy named Archie. Archie is the one who was like, I knew that there were going to be stowaways here. Like I've been trying to tell people and somebody says to him, never heed yonder yellow boys, Archie. Yellow boys. (laughs) That doesn't sound good. It's so bad. Stub is like, what's the big deal? It's just five more dudes. Ishmael is like, oh, those are those ghosts that I saw. That explains things. And he's like, oh, and that's why Elijah was being really weird. And I'm like, is it? (laughs) Don't get on the boat. There's Filipinos. (laughs) (laughs) Beware. (laughs) They might sing karaoke or something. (laughs) Okay, look. Becca and I need to say that our family's Filipino, just so people aren't like, why are they being so racist? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Karaoke so much. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, that's funny. I feel like, though, have you heard the game where people are like, did a racist person say this or did a black person say this? You know, (laughs) like, oh, (laughs) Uh. (laughs) just look at the quote. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't think I'm allowed to know about that. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I mean, I don't play the game, but I yeah, I'm familiar with it. You've observed the but game. But you just lost the game. Well, I, here's one thing I do have to say is if you've ever seen a Filipino, they're not yellow. We are not yellow. Have you ever seen a Filipino, yeah. Jackie? I think I'm looking at a few of them right <laughs> We're now. We're not yellow. <laughs> I'm, I'm sometimes yellow, I will say. That's why, I mean, the yellow thing, the reason I mentioned it is like... <laughs> It's like a cringy thing to say, but it also just goes to show, like, they have no idea what they're talking about. Just say brown. Like, Like, quit being such a freak about it. They're brown. They're brown dudes. They're from the Philippines, and they're, like, out in the sun all the time on boats, so they're brown. But he's got a white hair turban. (sighs) That's fine. It's fashion. (laughs) It's fashion. Have you ever heard of it? (laughs) Yeah, get with the program. So I will say I am yellow sometimes when I'm But you're not fully Filipino. (laughs) So you think that's the, the white in me? Yeah. I like do. when I'm in liver failure, I'm pretty yellow. Yeah, I did well. have jaundice for a little bit. <laughs> Never heed yonder jaundiced boys, Archie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so apparently Queequeg and Ishmael, of course, are on the same boat together. They're lovers. Got to be. Okay. There's a storm and they can either give up or keep going. And Starbuck is like, we're going to keep going. Queequeg is supposed to harpoon a whale and he misses. The storm gets worse. So basically, like, the storm came, they missed the whale, all the other boats are somewhere else. The Pequod has, like, sailed away, and they are just in the ocean at night. And eventually, they see, like, once their boat is finally underwater, and they're like, okay, we don't have a boat anymore, then they, like, see another. So there were, like, four boats that got lowered down. One was Starbucks, one was Flasks, one was Stubbs, and then one was Ahab and Fidala. The Filipino crew. Yeah. (laughs) Someone had made it back, and then, like, their boat was empty, so they swam to that boat and then it was just like nighttime and they were floating around and they were abandoned just like me when i was a baby well who stayed on the big boat this whole time the cook yeah probably just the cook <laughs> just steering the ship by himself <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay the next one is called the hyena chapter 49 mm-hmm. oh 
JK, the Pequod comes back and picks him up. Hooray. <laughs> but they did have to spend the night in the ocean. <laughs> well, everyone has to spend the night in the ocean at one point, if you think about it. Especially if you're Rachel. Yeah, some of us get it out of the way when we're babies. Some of us do it <laughs> when we're feeling depressed and we take to sea as we are wont to do. Your time will come, Jackie. Oh, no, I still haven't done it. Yeah. Oh, no. You just got off your medication, so maybe it's time. Oh, there is that time that I had to wander around the beach naked for a long time. Did that count? Mm, no, that's not lost at sea. I thought I was abandoned. You're on land. You, you <laughs> literally mind. said you were on land. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be on the sea. <laughs> oh, Ishmael asks Queequeg if this sort of thing happens a lot and Queequeg is like, haha, yeah, it does. Ishmael <laughs> goes around to Stub. Oh, he asks everyone else the same question. He doesn't trust his husb? He doesn't. Trouble in paradise. Mm. And they agree with Queequeg, so he should have just listened to Queequeg. And he also says to himself, like, okay, so I was on Starbucks boat, and this was supposed to be, like, the very, very careful man. So he's like, well, let's see. If this happens all the time, and I was with the most careful guy of all, and he still, like, drove us forward in a storm and almost got us drowned, maybe I should be reconsidering this. He can't. Mm-hmm. Well, he goes down <laughs> down below with Queequeg, and he writes his will but my thing is doesn't he have no money doesn't he get like the the millionth lay or something what will? yeah and he has like two shirts <laughs> yeah like does queequeg get a shirt he says actually this is the fourth time i've done this like it's not really about the will it just makes me feel better to know that i've like gotten ahead of my death or something oh okay well, he's ahead of his death now. Can you imagine being married to a guy who, like, every time he gets a little spooked, he's like, we're writing another will. <laughs> it's will time. You're just like, what's changed since the, the first will? The wheelbarrow. He's like, basically, this helps me think of myself as being already dead so that any time that I'm not dying is, like, bonus time. So it helps him feel good about it. <laughs> you know, to each their own. Yeah, to each their own. <laughs> so this chapter is called Ahab's Boat and crew, Fadala. Mm -hmm. And Stubb and Flask have this debate about how much leg Ahab has left. <laughs> <laughs> because he says, "If look, if I was missing a leg, you couldn't catch me out on one of those boats. And the other one says, well, I mean, he does have one whole leg, and then he has most of the other one because he has, like, a knee. And the other one was like... <laughs> I ain't never seen him kneeling, so I wouldn't know. Ishmael explains how clearly the owners of the Pequod didn't think it was a good idea for one-legged Ahab to command a whaleboat of his own. So he never asked them to supply him with a crew for one? That's why he had secret Filipinos, because they were like, oh, you shouldn't have your own tiny whaleboat. Yeah, but there is an extra tiny whaleboat on there, and it's so funny because everyone's like, yeah, I noticed he was spending a lot of time, like, looking at the plans for that other extra boat, and we were just like, yeah, let him play with his yeah. little extra boat. And he even, like, he even designed it to be, like, I was thinking, like, ADA compliant, like, he made a little special part where, like, his stub leg could go, and everyone oh was gosh. like, oh Disability rights And, like, king. it didn't occur to him. Yeah, it was like, but it never occurred to anyone he was actually planning to use that boat. <laughs> Sneak in some Filipinos. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. make sure this boat is made specifically so that I, a man with a peg leg, would be able to like get on this boat and command it easily. And they're like, he'll yeah. never go on that boat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just is having his fun because he doesn't have a crew. <laughs> Little did they know. Yeah, they just thought he was having a lot of fun playing around with plans and preparations. <laughs> for a random spare boat they had on board. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Now everyone on board is cool with it. And Fadala and his men are just welcomed in with the rest of the crew, as they should be. Yeah. I'm sure they're a lot of fun. Once they got over their initial shock at, you know, 
devil employees being there. Yeah, yellow guys who work for the devil. Wait, why are they devil employees? Because Ishmael said a lot of white people think those guys work for the devil. Well, if Ahab is the devil, they do work for Ahab. If you think about it. Oh shit! I Uh-oh. didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> he is a devil analog. Well, I thought I thought you were thinking about it the whole time. No, Ishmael saying it literally. I know, but I thought you were making the connection. <laughs> So I didn't even bother. I was not explicitly. (laughs) I missed the connection. (laughs) Then there's a soliloquy that is beautiful and racist, which is crazy. That something could be both of those things. Perhaps the only one. It's kind of. I mean, it is interesting. So he says, "Let's see." um, There's a lot of like problematic words, but like speaking of the quote, "the Oriental Isles to the east, those insulated, immemorial, unalterable countries, which even in those modern days still preserve much of the ghost." Ghostly aboriginalness of Earth's primal generations, when the memory of the first man was a distinct recollection, and all men, his descendants, unknowing whence he came, eyed each other as real phantoms, and asked of the sun and the moon why they were created and to what end, when though, according to Genesis, the angels indeed consorted with the daughters of men, the devils also, add the uncanonical rabbins, indulged in mundane amours. Beautiful. Wait, is he saying that their descendants? They're Nephilim. Is that what he's saying? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know what that, that like saying. white people are from Adam and Eve, but not those yellow people over there. Is that what he's saying? That is biblical, you know. Therefore, it is fact that there were a race of large men. But you think that's the yellow people, though, Rachel? I don't think so. That, that's impossible. Okay, the Nephilim were explicitly described in the Bible as being large men, and Filipinos famously are small. Yeah, I know. So there's no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Scandinavians. Proven <laughs> to be untrue <laughs> using Bible logic. I'm going to put in a sound effect for proven to be untrue using Bible logic. What should that be? Uh, what would it be, Becca? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think that it should be like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so now we're talking about geography. 51 is called the Spirit Spout. Mm-hmm. We got the Pequod, and they're cruising in a region called Carol Ground, which Ishmael describes aptly as watery. Ishmael. 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 How do you pronounce his name again? Ishmael. Ishmael. Okay, yeah. He says it's watery. I just love when he refers to various areas of the ocean as watery. Yeah, like this. Like he'll say, this one is like this, this one's like this, this one's watery. This is more watery than other parts. <laughs> I don't. I don't get it, but... Sure. <laughs> Can you describe your hometown? It was um landy. Landy. Yeah. It's like made of land. Well, didn't he say basically like whales aren't, everyone says they're a mammal, but they're a fish. And this is why. Yeah. Isn't that something he said earlier? <laughs> Do you think that's why he keeps calling everything watery is just to like drive home the point about being fish? I think he just like, I don't know. I think he, I hate to say it. I think he's a, an idiot. He's a himbo. <laughs> yeah, he is a himbo. Is But is Queequeg a himbo too? Because here's my thing. I love He's just a him. I love a, a gay couple. I love them, but I don't think there should be two himbos in a gay couple. I don't think there should be two himbos in any couple. One himbo per couple. Queequeg doesn't seem unintelligent. Okay. He, he seems fine. <laughs> to be honest, people have said a himbo, a himbo is supposed to be buff, dumb, and kind. But Ishmael is not particularly nice. <laughs> Or buff, so I think. Not, he he, he mean, not buff. compared to Queequeg. Yeah, but Queequeg's the buffest man in all the land. Yeah. So anyway, so maybe Ishmael's not a himbo. But like, he's a knockoff himbo, and I don't think you need 
himbo <laughs> and a knockoff himbo in the same couple. What part? Like, can't have two dumb hot guys in the same couple. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think. What do you have to have instead? Like, you need a smart person. Smart guy, dumb guy. Yeah, or a regular guy, dumb guy. It doesn't matter how kind or hot you are. You just have to be smart. Yeah, yeah, I would say. Well, here's the thing. They're great as a pair of friends. If they're two himbos and they're best friends, perfect. But as lovers, one of them should have at least average intelligence. You cannot have two morons dating. <laughs> you can't. Hey, eugenics queen. Well, well, they're gay. I hate to say it, but they're not going to produce a child any way, either way. So Yeah, eugenics has nothing to do with it when they're gay. Yeah. You just can't be a moron anyway. Yeah, I'm just saying, it just... Okay. Yeah, that's my rule. That's Himbology you know 101. I think I'm going to come out on the record and say, I'm totally fine with two dumb people being in a relationship with each other. Listeners, do what you got to do. I'm, I'm just talking about the, the gays. Himbos. The Timbos. Himbos. Gay Himbos. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a compelling couple anymore. I mean, if uh-huh. that's... If that's who they are, I'm just saying I'm not entertained. So if you want to entertain me as some characters in a book, you can't be two himbos. All right. What do you think it means that like Queequeg knows that it's pretty common to get abandoned by the ship? And he still was like, yeah, come on, husband. You can get on this boat as well. I don't think Queequeg's a himbo. I think he's smart. Yeah, but so is he trying to kill Ishmael? No, he's just like, it's all good. He's just not... He's not worried. He's okay. unbothered. Quesera, sera, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moisturized, unbothered in his lane. Exactly. <laughs> Is that from something? Yeah, there's a meme of like a wet little animal and it's like, I'll just send it to you. We can post it. <laughs> a meme of a wet little animal. Usually. I'm sure it's a quote from something else, but I normally see it as a meme, like text above a picture of a wet little animal. <laughs> okay. All right. Continue, Becca. Okay. Um, basically, there's a spout of water that keeps appearing every couple of days, which I guess is a whale spout water. Happens mm-hmm. night after night and everyone freaks out, but it disappears immediately and they can't follow it. Ishmael finds this and the weather, because the weather is still and calm, he thinks it's creepy and they're being lured into a false sense of security. I want to know who's doing the luring. Like, he thinks like someone controlling mm-hmm. the weather is like messing with them, but that's neither here nor there. Could be any one of the Filipinos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they do work for the <laughs> devil, so. We're pretty sure they can control the weather. I think he just thinks, like, it's just an eerie sign. Like, everybody's like, oh, it's like this beautiful silvery jet that comes up every night. But he's like, I don't like this. Like, it's drawing us towards something and it never, it's never coming back. There's a part where he says, Cape of Good Hope, do they call ye? Rather, Cape Tormentoto. Cape Tormentoto? What do you think, Becca? <laughs> Isn't that what you were said? Yeah, he's weird. He's a weird guy. He's a weirdo. Can we listen to Africa by Cape Tormentoto? The thing is, oh, yeah. <laughs> the Cape of Good Hope, I'm pretty sure, was already named ironically. So it's like, yeah. why are you? Okay, yeah, you got it. Good job. <laughs> More like Cape Bad Hope. Yeah. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> But yeah, it's it's getting spooky because now that they're starting to see this spout every night, Ahab is like not sleeping anymore. And apparently the weather is still but cold because Ishmael says he will stay up and just like stare out into the sea at night for like hours until like snow sits on his eyelashes and like squishes them together. And when he does sleep, he doesn't close his eyes. Mm. Probably because they're full of snow. <laughs> yeah. Well, if they're cemented together, you'd think they'd be closed. Maybe he's scared of getting them cemented together i don't know but it ends the scene or the chapter ends with starbuck going down below deck and he sees ahab sitting up sleeping with his eyes wide open and he's like that's freaky yeah it kind of is freaky i think actually what he says is terrible old man (laughs) he's right 
guy's terrible. <laughs> but remember, he can't be that bad because he has a baby. Wait, Ahab does? Yeah, remember? We talked about that he sure when does. he first got introduced. Someone was like, oh, he sucks. Well, you know, he's not so bad. He has a wife and a baby. It wasn't that hard to have those things back then. <laughs> I know. Well, you give credit where credit is due, Becca. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay, he has a baby. Let the man be. has a baby. <laughs> well... It doesn't seem like he's very involved with the baby, if you think about it. I don't know that I'd want him to be. I don't want you teaching my kid to sleep with his eyes open. That's freaky. <laughs> yeah, like, but what if he was the father of your child, Jackie? Think about that. Then I'd... Okay, I'll think about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next is the albatross, which I would assume would be the bird, but it's actually another ship named the albatross. Ahab calls out to them and is like, have you seen the white whale? And the captain of the albatross tries to call back, but he accidentally drops his loudspeaker into the ocean at the last second. Mm -hmm. What is a loudspeaker? <laughs> I don't know what to call it. The book called it... Speaking trumpet. <laughs> the book called it a trumpet, but I, I thought if I just said he dropped Bullhorn, his trumpet, basically. you would picture like, <laughs> like Louis Armstrong <laughs> just <laughs> dropping his instrument in the Well, back. how helpful. They didn't... Uh, just like a cone that you're speaking into, how good is that? It's louder than just like, shouting. Is, this, is the trumpet that important? Like, could he not just shout? Apparently not, because he he's like, hey, have you seen Moby Dick? And the guy's like, oh, oh and then like drops his thing and then they can't hear what each other. What a dork. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. I mean, imagine you're sailing for months and months and months. And what are the odds you're going to pass by another ship that close and you finally get your chance and then you're like, oh. yeah, what a loser. <laughs> Drop my trumpet. <laughs> the other Sorry. thing, though, is the albatross. It's, like, spooky looking. And also, apparently, it's been at sea for four years. So that's kind of spooky. Ooh. And the other spooky thing is, spooky. like, as the ships cross paths, all the fish that were following the Pequod follow the albatross instead. Okay, that's interesting. And it gets kind of sad. Ahab looks down at the fish and he says, swim away from me, do you? <laughs> But Ishmael says it's like this unspeakable sadness in the tone. Oh, he loved <laughs> like, those why does he fish. He care about fish. Yeah. He loved them, Rachel. They were He's his only friends. <laughs> <laughs> those were my only friends <laughs> outside of these five devil men. Wow. What an interesting book. Wow. I don't know at what point this is going to be dropped in. <laughs> that was crazy. But something gross is about to happen, and we're going to talk about it. So before we get to that, let's take a quick breather and remind you all that if you would like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash firethecan, and we're back, baby. We're making content. But you can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or a thumbs up on Spotify Podcasts. We also love that. Can you? That's the question. I don't know. Literally. Literally, can you leave us a I think review? You, because nobody yeah, has in can. like two years, so I'm not sure. So no, yeah, something's going wrong. on. We need to figure that no, out. Leave us one anyway, though, please. We're going to call Apple. <laughs> We're going to call Apple. <laughs> but anyway, thanks for sticking with us for this break. We needed to take a... Well, I needed to take a break because I had a lot of life stuff going on, as you know now. But now that's all over. Thanks for not blaming it on my Halloween party for once. My life, smooth sailing from here on out. <laughs> smooth sailing? I don't know if I want to do any sailing after this okay back to the episode time for the gross stuff time for the gross stuff so the next chapter is the gam and ishmael is explaining a quirk of whaling life that's called the gam and this is the definition of gam it's a social meeting of two or more whale ships generally on a cruising ground when after exchanging hails they exchange visits by boats crews 
the two captains remaining for the time on board of one ship and the two chief mates on the other? I don't know. I don't get it. Mecca. Oh, it's like they kiss. It's like the two ships go by and they're like, one chief mate goes to the other ship and one captain comes to this ship and we all just hang out and chat for a little bit. Yeah. And they swap news of the world, letters, maybe a book that you've finished. You trade it with, like, somebody else's book that they've finished. They do a little kissy-kissy. How? So how do they decide which captain goes leaves to go to the other ship? I would want to leave my ship. They just both hold a trumpet and see which of them doesn't drop it. And it's like, okay, then you go. <laughs> well, okay, the letters thing confused me because they're like, oh, that means we could, like, see if maybe someone, maybe the ship picked up some letters and maybe some of those letters were meant for a person on this other boat. So they just go around, like, picking up letters and just hoping that they run into a boat that like might have one of their letters on it like why doesn't everybody just leave their letters on land that's how how come mail well, used to take so long jackie it used to take several months to get a letter <laughs> wing in a prayer that's yeah. how come it used to t- <laughs> no it wasn't they weren't that's like if that's like if i just took all my neighbor's mail and just went to the grocery store and just hoped that i ran into my neighbors yeah. without even knowing what they looked like well <laughs> But if you it's, actually, every yeah. time you went to the grocery store, you talked to everyone. And I'd say, get in my cart. <laughs> well, people people also sometimes knew where other boats were going. So they would be like, oh, you know, this, like, my, my sister gave me this letter to give to her husband. He's on X boat, which, oh, you're going in that direction here. Will you try to pass it on to him? So it wasn't just like, I hope that seems- you randomly run into this person. <laughs> yeah, it just seems more likely that, like... I know the ship is going to dock at this port. I'll leave the letter there rather than like, maybe they'll run into another ship. Yeah. (laughs) But um, another funny thing is that in order to get between the two boats or the two ships, they have to take like, again, a smaller boat to get from one to the other. And it's this like point of pride thing that the captain or the chief mate or whoever it is cannot touch anything with their hands so they have to like basically stand they're not allowed to sit down they have to stand up on this boat as it's like being you know ferried from one ship to the other and if they like reach out and touch anything or try to steady themselves everyone's gonna make fun of them (laughs) that's hard for ahab because he only has one whole leg Mm -hmm. yeah good thing he has a special boat for his peg leg you didn't think that was funny rachel this whole like look ma no arms no i did i said (laughs) i said Oh, okay. <laughs> it was a closed mouthed chuckle. Oh, that's so white of you. That's the white side coming out. Yeah, it really <laughs> is. So the next chapter is very, very long. It's it is very 54, long. the town hose story. Did, and when you saw this, did you think what I thought? Like, who's the town yeah, hose? And why ho? can't she just have a name? You know, she's a person. I would assume Ishmael is the town hose. <laughs> the whole book is the town hose story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll be the title of this chapter or uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the town host story. Well, anyway, he's telling a bunch of <laughs> Spanish men a scary sea story. And it takes place after the events of the Pequod. So this is an aside, basically. Yeah. The thing that happened on the ship happened before the Pequod. But Ishmael is telling the story after the Pequod, if that makes sense. Okay. Like he's going back to, he's going to a future time where he's like, one time after all that stuff happened with Ahab, I was in Peru and I was telling this story. And here's the story. Okay. And so, yeah, this is the story. He knows it because he heard it on the Pequod because Tashtego was told the story or he, yeah, someone on board the townhouse told Tashtego the story. And he talks in his sleep. So now everyone on the ship knows the story. Tashtego is Steven. I don't know why they didn't just have him overhearing Tashtego saying the story 
to relay it as opposed to him being like, here's a story that I told people in the future. I learned it on the Pequod. <laughs> you're right. You're right. That makes <laughs> Because it's this whole thing where he seems cool as hell because it's all these like young Don Pedro and Don Sebastian. And they're like, oh, my God, you're so cool. Have some more liquor. Yeah, I told oh. this to my hot Spanish friends. <laughs> That's exactly. He wanted to brag about having hot friends. Yeah. They're like hanging on his every yeah. word. Hot young Honestly, men. yeah. He was like, this is a time that I held court all night and everyone listened. Wow. What a yep. loser. OK. But he's Steven. He's just saying all these things in his sleep. And everyone's like writing that down yep. and talking about it later. Yeah, I've got more of those for a bonus episode sometime. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to hear it. Tell okay. me at the end. I'll put it in. Okay, so here's the deal with the town hoe. There's a first mate named Radney, and he's mean and ugly. Ooh, double whammy right there. Mm-hmm. He's not a himbo. <laughs> no, the opposite. There's a sailor named Steel Kilt who is hot and strong. So maybe mm. a himbo. Way better than Radney in every way. And Radney hates him. The ship springs a leak and no one can fix it. So they have to pump water out of it each night. Radney is part owner of the ship. Steel Kilt thinks Radney is being too precious about the ship. is making them work at the pumps, even though the leak isn't that bad because he's afraid to lose money. So he starts talking shit and Radney takes revenge by ordering him to clean up poop and sweep the decks. Steel Kilt says, no, I'm too hot and powerful for that. And honestly, iconic of him. Like, I'm too hot and powerful for that. (laughs) Good for you, Steel Kilt. Know your worth. Um, A fight ensues. Steel Kilt punches Rodney's face in. Rodney? Like, in? Like, he breaks his face. Oh, Rodney. Whatever. Okay, okay. Basically, he gets... Steel Kilt gets imprisoned and flogged. And when he comes out, he swears revenge on Rodney. He's about to knock Rodney overboard and kill him. But God intervenes. What? And then here's Mm -hmm. Moby Dick. Here comes Moby Dick. They go out to capture him, but Radney is knocked into the water and eaten by Moby D. The big Mm -hmm. D. The big white D. (laughs) Steel Kilt is like, hell yeah. It just doesn't, like, okay, let me say this. That doesn't sound like that crazy of a story. There's a hot guy, there's an ugly guy. They disagree. The hot guy punches the ugly guy and gets punished. And then once he's not punished anymore, he almost kills the ugly guy. But then the ugly guy gets eaten by Moby Dick. Like, that's not that crazy where I would be like, oh, I'm a hot Spanish guy, but I want to listen to you talk. And they're like falling all over themselves. Like, do you swear? You promise? Maybe they're hitting on Ishmael. Maybe that's actually what's happening. Probably. Well, then I feel like he's also hamming it up a little bit because at the part where Moby Dick is about to show up, they're like, oh, my gosh, he's looking faint. Get him some more wine. And he's like, no. I'll be fine. And then he continues. But then there's like, we don't have to go into it. There's this whole other thing where like, well, then Steel Kill goes and like tries to get some more people for the boat. But then the captain wants to get people for the boat, too. And they both can't do it. So he like beats him there and blah, blah, blah. And then everyone's like, do you swear to God that's true? And he's like, yeah, find a Bible. And they're like, we don't have a Bible. And he's like, go f- go find a priest and a Bible. So they find a priest and a Bible and he swears on it. And he's like, it happened. I think he said on this ball which means on this earth. Yep. He said it happened on this ball <laughs> and I talked to the guy. Steel Kilt. And I met those people and I've, yeah, and I've talked to Steel Kilt since Radney's Has death. he? And they're like, is he <gasps> lying? He might be lying, mm-hmm. but he said he got the story from Tashtego and now he's like, oh, I talked to Steel Kilt. <laughs> None of this might be true even. This could all just be, this could all just be fake people. And I'm thinking to myself, having not finished the book yet myself, I'm like, is this just like an ad? Like an allegory for what happens on the Pequod? Like, is this, are any of these people even real? Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it's definitely, he's like, wow, you know, fate. 
Like, fate can really intervene in the form of Moby Dick. (laughs) I think that's the message. (laughs) Yeah, but the story continued for way too long after that. Yeah. It's like, it's Steel Kilt's story. It seems like this is about Steel Kilt, you know? He needs his own book. You know, he also, um, he wrote another book. What's that one? It's called, like, Billy something? Billy Bud. Billy Bud. I kept thinking Billy Boyd, and I'm like, that's Pippin. It's not Billy Boyd. (laughs) But this whole time Becca was talking, I'm like, Billy Boyd? It's not Billy Boyd. So he wrote a- You've read Billy Bud. I know. (laughs) He wrote a book, um, Billy Bud, and it is about a mutiny. And it's like a young, hot guy who, like- sort of accidentally has a mutiny against this jealous, ugly guy who might be, like, suppressing his latent homosexuality. And then Usually the are. captain... The, then the captain has to execute the hot guy. And everyone's oh, like... Oh, no. What a waste. That sucks. Mutinies usually are about repressed homosexuality. And the hot guy was like, God save the captain. And then they kill him. And it's like, wow, he's so young and so hot. What a waste of a hot guy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good, yeah. Because he kept saying, like, look, I'll go back to work if you just promise not to flog me. And the captain's like, I'm not going to promise that. And he's like, okay, then I'm not going back to Oof. work. And this goes on for, like, five days in a Mutiny. row. Just say you promise. He can't promise. You can lie. It's fine. No, captains can't lie. They're only as good as their word. (laughs) (laughs) I thought the only rule for them is they have to go down with the ship. No, they also, they have to do what you, like what they said on your contract. Like Jackie was saying earlier. They have to do what you say. (laughs) Well, whatever the contract is that you signed with them, as long as they hold up their end of the contract, you're not allowed to have a mutiny. Yeah. I just think it goes too far sometimes because, like, that whole ship literally could have sank because he wouldn't have had enough people to do the pumps. And he was like, I'm not going to promise not to flog you. And they're like, okay. And he's like, well, do you want the ship to sink? And they're like, yeah, fucking let her sink. Who yeah, cares? not my ship, not my problem. Yeah. Well, Not my ship, not my so, problem. So just to – so basically how the story ends, just to make sure I'm understanding, is – So they finally get to an island, and I guess they're still at odds with each other because they're like, I'm not going to work on your boat anymore. It would just be awkward to work on the boat at this point. Is Radney the captain or the first mate, or what is he? He's an officer. No, he was like the first mate. Okay, okay. Yeah. And so anyway, they are going to go to Tahiti to get more guys because they don't have enough guys because I guess Steel Kilt has defected and other guys defected too. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay. And Steel Kilt beats him to Tahiti and then gets all of the good sailors in Tahiti. The French guys. He found a bunch of French oh, guys on. going on a sail. Those are not the best sailors in Tahiti. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the Tahitians are great sailors, I have to say. He said by the time the captain got there, all that was left for was uh, a few of the more civilized Tahitians, and that's what he had to make I do with. I feel like the, the <laughs> civilized Tahitians would be great at ocean stuff. Seriously. These guys are so racist. It's insane. It just makes more sense for the Tahitian guys to be better at sailing. They live on islands. Way better. They, that's how they got there. And in the next three chapters... Which I don't even know if we have to say the names of them. They're all long. It's basically about, this is about pictures of whales, all three of the next chapters. And they're basically about how Ishmael is saying anyone who's ever tried to draw a whale didn't do it right, except for the French. What? He says the French, despite not having uh, caught like a tenth as many whales as the English and not a thousandth as many whales as the Americans, still somehow they are the ones who know how to draw whales the best. But doesn't he think they're fish? He doesn't know shit about fuck. <laughs> like, this is a- yeah, you shouldn't really trust his opinion on whales. Because <laughs> well, he's like, 
If you've seen a whale, you would know they're fish. You would know. But he also says things like, well, he has this one example of something he thinks doesn't look good. And he's like, I don't want to seem inelegant, but this one whale looks like an amputated cow. And then this other one, he was like, well, you'd think, you know, that you could look at the skeleton of a whale and kind of figure out what it looks like. But that's absolutely not the case. And I'm like, is it not? I mean, kind of. I know it's not perfect, but it's not like you could look at a whale skeleton and have no clue what it looks like. You You would know it was pretty big you would but here's the thing though hasn't so he's like no one can see through the water and know what it looks like because the water's in the way but isn't the water in the way also when ishmael is looking at the whale sometimes it pops like, out why is his view better than everyone else's view you know i mean when you get a fresh killed whale and you hoist it out of the ocean which unfortunately he will talk about oh, i don't want to hear about that maybe it's a little better but He's just so judgy. Yeah. He's catty, honestly. Well, and he's always saying, too, like, whales are so special and whalers are special and whaling ships are so special. And, like, what's so special about whales is that, like, you know, you can't see them. And it's like, you can't see anything in the ocean. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like, why is it? This is what's so special about jellyfish. You can never see them. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, and you bring a jellyfish out of the water and it's not even a thing anymore. So that's got to be the way hardest. Yeah, it doesn't have a skeleton. (gasps) Because a whale, at least, is keeping its shape when you pull it out of the water. That's what I always say about whales. At least they keep their shape. You have a skeleton. Whales, they'll they'll keep their shape. Yeah. He does point out that the whales, um, they do appear to have, like, human-looking hands if you just look at, like, their fins. Oh, yeah. No! No, they don't. Yeah, they do. They have fingers. If you look at the skeleton of the fin. Oh, the skeleton. I thought he was talking (laughs) about their flippers. (laughs) Take a look at a whale's hand. It looks just like a human's hand. I'm not doing this with him. He's so dumb. <laughs> no, but I bet that's how people drew it. They were like, well, that's probably what it looks like. Except for the French. <laughs> little whale hand. Okay, are we going to the Brit when he's just yeah, talking about what right whales eat? It's it's algae, right? Yeah, he I calls guess so. it's, it's, the yel- it's the yellowy substance that floats on the water because right whales, like, they filter feed, right? So it's the algae. Yeah, he says they have Venetian blinds in their mouth, so I assume that means they're filter feeding. Yeah, Venetian blinds. This guy's white as fuck. Yeah, Venetian <laughs> blinds. Well, anyway, it looks like a yellow meadow on land. Um, what is it called? Baleen, right? Yeah, yeah. The when did we come up with that word? You'd think he would have known about it. Well, he's a moron. The word has been there. He just wants to say Venetian blinds. All right. <laughs> It's more poetic. Yeah. No, it, I think it is because he's he's talking about how how uncertain and terrifying the sea is. He gets he gets poetic with it in this chapter. Get poetic with it. No, 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 no. Yeah, and na, that the na, land you can see everything, so it's totally chill. Nothing bad ever happens on the land. We can yeah. all attest to that. This is not the first time in Moby Dick that I think I wish Ishmael would just like encounter a polar bear one time. <laughs> his life would be changed. He's a little bit like Little Mermaid coded in terms of his romanticization of the land, you know. Mm. But he, it seems like he For loves sure. the sea, though, because he's obsessed with it. But he always he's like, oh, my gosh, the sea, it's so horrible and dangerous. And then he says the human soul is you have a tiny little island that is peaceful and joyful. Peace and joy. And then your soul is surrounded by an ocean of horrors, just like the earth. And guess what the soul is? He calls it that one insular Tahiti. Every man has a Tahiti inside of him. Wow, that's fun. And the only good thing about Tahiti? French people. That's an opinion no one's ever had before. (laughs) I I certainly have never heard that opinion before. (laughs) We know a lot of Tahitians. I mean, the way that what I... 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, too. I think the thing that I take away from it when he's like, the ocean is so scary, is that he's so awesome for having spent so much time on the ocean. Like, yeah, he's maybe. clearly talking about how terrifying it is because he thinks it deserves a lot of respect, and by extension, he deserves a lot yeah. of respect. Mm, yeah, but it's I just agree. like, ew, you're a farmer on the safe land or whatever. That's no big deal at all. Try being on the ocean Yeah, I, that makes sense. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to handle These it. These Venetian blind things swimming around. Yeah. yeah. It's terrifying. Okay, the next chapter is 59. It's called Squid. Lydia should read this chapter. I know. Dagoo, Dagoo raises mm-hmm. the cry because he sees a huge white mass rising out of the water. And Ahab and everyone rushes up to see Moby Dick <laughs> at last. Finally, chapter 59, we get to see Moby Dick, but... <laughs> It's actually just an enormous white squid. At the time that this book was published, were people still thinking that these giant squids were like cryptids? They were scared of them. Everyone was freaked out. People didn't think they were real. I feel like to this day, like we know giant squids exist, but I feel like they are almost kind of cryptids. They don't come up very much. How giant can they get? And we don't see them alive, right? Yeah, Yeah. we know they're real now. Let me see. Let's see when we found out. 2004. Was the first yeah, image? Yeah, I remember growing up in the nineties and thinking, squid. like, I don't know if that's real. I believed. And it. the first time we saw a live giant squid at the surface was two thousand six. They'd be hanging out in the depths. They really just dropped the ball from yeah. two thousand four to two thousand six. Yeah, they were had it together. <laughs> Wait, squids? Yeah, yeah. They they were hiding for like hundreds and hundreds of years, and they were like, "That's oh five time to pop up." <laughs> but Starbucks sees this thing, and he's like, "I would almost rather have seen and fought Moby Dick than even have had to just look at that thing." <laughs> Becca, you were the one. Wait, weren't you the one who got so freaked out by a regular squid? Yeah, it was. It was the size of a pillow. <laughs> It was when terrifying. When we were in Costa Rica, how old were you? Probably like 15, right? 14, 15? No. No, I was not a teen yet. You think you were 12? Because I was 11? wearing a one-piece bathing suit. It happens. I wouldn't she, wear a one-piece bathing suit. We were, we were snorkeling around in like some tide pools, and all of a sudden, Becca like pops out of the water screaming at the top of her lungs, like screaming, a blood-curdling scream, starts like running. I saw Lydia. To the shore, <laughs> running to the shore. No, she was going, it had a pointy head it was so pointy (laughs) and just like screaming about something being pointy we're like what is it what is it and it was just she saw a squid hanging out in its little squid hole no i was i was about to go in its cave and it was in there and she saw something pointy she just was screaming about how pointy it was (laughs) it was it was very creepy you didn't see it yeah squids are kind of uncanny looking i've seen a an eel those are uncanny I've seen an eel. It doesn't doesn't cause the reaction that a squid does. In yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's another example of me not connecting it. So it says, <laughs> let's see. Before I realized it was a squid, it said, A great white mass lazily rose, rise higher and higher, gleamed before the prow like a snow slide. A vast pulpy mass floating on the water, innumerable long arms radiating from its center, curling and twisting like a nest of anacondas. And I was like, what does Moby Dick have on him? I still thought it was a whale at that point when he said, like, there's a bunch of arms twisting Wait around. Wait a second. Aren't there 10? What does he mean innumerable? <laughs> he can't count to 10. Oh, gosh. 
Oh, yeah, that's more points in favor of him being a himbo. If he's like, there were 10, it was innumerable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because he can only, if it was nine, he can count to nine, but not 10. No one could count that high. (laughs) They're all moving around. It might be hard to count. But like, am I a himbo for still thinking he was describing a whale when I heard that? I was like, oh, maybe he's just got a bunch of barnacles on him and it looks like he has a bunch of arms. Did I I tell you about the time when I, I spent quite a while being like, man, I wonder what a female version of a himbo would be. A shimbo? And then I was like, oh, it's a bimbo. Himbo is the, <laughs> like the adapted version. Yeah. I was like, a herbo? A shebo? But I feel like bimbo, I feel like himbo has a way better connotation than bimbo, it unfortunately. Does. It really does. Are there any people who would like put their like email signature as like he slash himbo? That would be pretty good. Oh, 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 that'd be funny. That'd be pretty good. She slash bimbo. <laughs> I don't know, but he slash himbo is pretty good. Well, anyway, nobody wanted to see that thing. Certainly not me. And then Queequeg says, when you see a squid, there's a sperm whale not (sighs) far behind. Scary. Okay, the next one's called The Line. Ishmael's just explaining how dangerous whaling line is. He loves to talk about how dangerous things are. (laughs) It can burn you, take off your arm, it can cut you in half, it can throw you overboard, it can drag you down to the depths. But if you're a whaler, this won't seem scary at all because whalers aren't scared by things. I feel like Ishmael is very scared by things. Seriously. Seems like he kind of is. Yeah. He just talked about how he he panicked and had to write his will. And then he's like, I ain't scared of nothing. (laughs) Yeah, he did have to write his will. (laughs) But yeah, so he's like, oh, you know, whalers, we deal with a real whale line, but all men on earth have a metaphorical whale line. The line they're talking about is like the rope. He talks about the rope a lot. He needs to calm down. This guy's a pain in (laughs) the ass. He's even racist about the ropes because he says, Oh, we used to use hemp, um, but hemp is but it stronger. Was like too brown. Yeah, he's like hemp is a dusky, dark fellow, like an Indian. But this kind of rope is a golden-haired Circassian to behold. We use white guy rope now. <laughs> he is... <laughs> this Indian guy rope. It was better, but it didn't look as good. <laughs> he is insufferable. Yeah, he's insane. He's like a polar bear is way different than like a grizzly bear because it's white. Aren't there like just a very small number of bear types, like actual bears on Earth? Like three kinds of bear or something? I don't know. I've literally never thought about that. What about the sun bear? (laughs) I I don't think that's a real bear. There's a sun bear. There's a panda bear. Koala bear. Well, see, if we're saying things aren't real bears, then yeah, there aren't as many bears if you're going to be picky about what gets to be a bear. (laughs) There are many, very many bears. (laughs) There are eight species of bear. Okay, that makes more sense to me. But there should be more bears, I think. Unfortunately, that's all we get, Rachel. I think, by the way, speaking of bears, I think I accidentally took my friend to a bear bar last night, you know, like as in the large bearded gay men type of way oh no i know about those ones yeah oh okay you're very familiar our uncle is one our uncle's a he's been he's been the captain of a bear ship before oh eric okay oh am i allowed to say that yeah I, yeah eric. i don't know why not yeah. okay you've been he's been the captain of a bear ship yeah there's like a bear cruise and he's oh. been the captain before <laughs> i love that i think well because I knew I was, so we were out and I think I just thought it was like a gay bar or you ever been to a bar where you're like, this isn't technically a gay bar, but it's like gay bar adjacent because that's where they have like sometimes like gay events and stuff, but they're otherwise a normal bar. Hmm. A normal bar? That's what I thought this was. (laughs) They're otherwise a straight bar. (laughs) Uh, 
non-sexuality bar. bar. (laughs) (laughs) An asexual bar. Um, But we went in there and we were the only women and all these guys just like shocked to see us and like no one talked to us the whole time. And then they turned on a stand-up special and just turned up the sound really, really loud so we couldn't even hear each other speak. And they all just were sitting there watching the stand-up special, like not even talking to each other. That's an interesting bar. Is that what bears do? Uh, no. Not that I, not in my experience, no. <laughs> they just rudely watch stand up and refuse to talk to you until you leave. Yeah. I only know one bear, but nope, not on brand for him. <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole cruise. Captain of the cruise is just like watching a stand up special. The captain gets to decide what the stand up special is that everyone has to watch in silence. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, the next chapter, unfortunately, Stubb kills a whale. That's all I want to say about it. I don't want to hear about it. That's enough. I don't think we need to go into okay. it. Okay. All right. I didn't give you anything else to say, just to be clear. It's not like I wrote a bunch of stuff and Becca was like, I don't want to talk yeah, about it. Well, I, I didn't agree, want though. you guys to elaborate either. I'm so sorry. I'm not going to. Okay. There's nothing to elaborate on. Okay, cool. They kill the sperm whale. Let's move on. Okay, cool. And the next one is the dart. And Ishmael is explaining harpoons and how harpoons are set up in boats and how harpooners have to row harder than everyone else and mm-hmm. still have the energy left over for harpooning. How come, isn't there one harpooner in each of those small boats? Yeah, they should put more guys on. Why does the harpooner yeah. have to... Yeah, why do they have to row harder? That Those other guys should row harder. So the harpooner has energy. Ishmael says that. He's like, if this were up to me, they wouldn't be rowing at all except in obvious circumstances. Oh, but then in these circumstances, they have to... Why do they have to... Who's in... Ahab's in charge. How do people even tell that they're rowing harder than everyone else? I don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I guess they're supposed to inspire the men. It just, it just seems like that could be someone else's job. You agree with Ishmael for once. Yeah, I do. Just on this instance. For once. Okay, the next one is called The Crotch. So this looks Yay. promising. I don't know. <laughs> this is the simplest chapter by far. He just says, the crotch is the name of the stick with the prongs on it that they rest the harpoon in. Oh, the end. That's it. <laughs> Not a very exciting end of Moby Dick. <laughs> okay, and it says, he's telling us so we understand what happens in later important passages. Have those come up yet that you're like, thank God he told me what the crotch is? No. Oh, okay. Well, I think after, because we're almost at the end of our segment here, but I guess later on in the book, it's going to be like, God, I really, I really, really wish I knew what he meant when he was talking about the crotch all the time. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because also like the chapter is called the crotch, but he like almost immediately starts talking about other stuff. So it's like, why, why don't you call it the other stuff? Because he's saying like, it's dangerous basically because all the lines have two harpoons attached. And the problem is that the ideally you would throw both of them and they would both stick into the whale, but that the problem is you stick the first harpoon in the whale and then it dives, so you have to immediately throw the other loose harpoon overboard. Yeah, like from the previous chapter, the harpooner is so tired because he's been like oaring and oaring and then has to throw the thing and then he has to throw the second one super fast, Yeah, but he's tired, so he probably can't throw it super fast, so then you've just got this sharp thing like stuck to the boat that's like flailing around in the water. Yeah, and it seems like if it's so dangerous and the harpooner can never use it properly like only have one attached yeah that's true yeah 
Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. And he's like, I just want you to know that there's this obvious design flaw that may come up later. Maybe the person who came up with harpooning, like whaling, is like a a fan of whales. So they're like, I'm going to come up with a way to stop you. Oh, the harpooner has to row harder than everyone. And you have all these dangerous harpoons flying around. Yeah, I like that. I hope that's what. That's a good idea. The captain isn't allowed to put his hands on anything. So if he happens to fall overboard, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah. Just come up with ways to kill off the sailors. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Well, the next chapter is called Stubbs Supper, and it seems dumb. It seems like he wants to have some whale meat, and he wakes the cook up, and then he is mad at the cook because he didn't like how it was cooked. And then the he makes the cook go talk to some sharks who are eating mm-hmm. the whale carcass. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> it makes him go talk to some He's sharks. He's like, tell them to stop. <laughs> it's like the old man in the sea situation, them eating the carcass. I guess let me go back because I, I may not have done a good job of that. So they kill the whale. They have to like hoist it up on the side of the ship. They're not just like dragging it underneath. They have to like hoist it at some point. So, but it's like nighttime already by the time they killed it. So they like hoist it up and they've like got it like tied to the ship to the side of it pretty tightly. But a lot of it's still in the water because it's like so heavy. They have to like use the water to, you know, yeah, hoist yeah, up yeah. at least some of the mass of this whale um and so the sharks are like eating it and it's like okay that happens sometimes but if there's a lot of sharks it's a problem but so anyway so they hoist this thing up and they're like we're gonna deal with the rest of it tomorrow but stub who's the one who like did the killing mainly is like i want a steak of the whale so he has someone like cut off like a little piece of the end and like cook it for him and then he like brings i'm like so mad at this guy he like brings up this poor chef and is like look at this this is terrible like this is so overcooked like don't you know how to do anything thing and he's like here's how you cook a whale steak you hold up a coal and you show it to the meat and then you put it on a plate and it's like okay then you didn't need a cook did you you just can put it on your own plate then yeah yeah yeah. also the cook is black and stub is white so it's this white guy just bullying this old black guy be like you can't even cook a whale and he's 90 years old oh no you're right you weren't supposed to cook it at all He's like, oh, you've been on Earth a hundred years and you don't even know how to cook a whale. And then he's like, go and be a pastor to these sharks and tell them to stop. So the guy's like, hey, hey, sharks, stop doing what you're doing. Whatever. It's stupid. This whole thing is stupid. I hate him a lot. Yeah. No, that sounds terrible. Can't wait for him to die. But does that mean the cook is going to die? Don't worry about it. Okay. Well, I am, though. Okay. So next is another weird chapter, Becca. Yeah, he's talking about how most people don't eat whale meat. Because there's mm-hmm. so much of it, and it's not that special, and it's very rich. I feel like if there's so much of it, people would eat it. People eat it because like, it's you like know, they need some food. Nobody eats McDonald's because it's all over the place. <laughs> well, maybe he's saying it's not an impressive food to eat because once you've got a whale, you've got a lot of whale. But most people, like, I imagine... and. It's the same there. It's not like every meal has to be impressive. You just got to (laughs) eat. So it's like sometimes you need something cheap that's available. He also said that he thinks like people don't like to eat it because when you're eating whale meat for dinner, you're seeing it by the light of a whale oil lamp. So it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But then in another chapter, he says... He's like thinking about what counts as the skin of a whale. And he's like, well, it's got this kind of like clear-ish like coating over the top of it. And I have some of that that I use as bookmarks in my books about whales. And it's kind of clear. So it actually even can um, magnify words a little bit. And he's like, I like to read about whales through a whale, if you know what I mean. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's pretty yeah. fun, actually. They're all freaks. Yeah. He also, when he's saying, like, oh, people probably don't like to eat whale because you see the whale by the light of the whale, he's like, but actually, probably a lot of times when you're eating a steak, the knife you use has, like, ox bone, and sometimes maybe you're eating a goose, and then you pick your teeth with a goose feather, so who knows why we don't eat whales. <laughs> um, he says... It's only within the last month or two that society passed down a resolution to patronize nothing but steel pens. Like, we only just decided to only eat out of, like, farm animals recently, so everybody can sit down about not wanting to eat a whale that they caught themselves in the ocean. I feel like Ishmael is, like, I don't know, he's just, like, the person that's trying to get you to be gluten-free or something. He's just, like, you know, or, I don't know, or, maybe, you know, no, 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 this is what it is. He is, like, the person who's trying to get you to do, like, the caveman diet. Oh, mm. paleo. Like go keto, right? Mm-hmm. Paleo, that's what I'm thinking mm-hmm. of. Yeah. We just need to go back to our roots. Yeah. Of eating whales. No, I mean, for the most part, cultures that ate whales, they didn't eat them because they were so delicious. They were just like extremely calorific and like, yeah, if you had it, you had a lot of it. So you, of course, you're going to eat it because there's not many other options. I usually say caloric. Calorific makes it seem like a celebration. <laughs> I know. That's why I chose that version. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like. A lot of times, even people who do eat whales, they're not going on and on like, oh, it's so delicious. It's like, this is culturally important to us and this is what we've been doing. And we want to, you know, we honor the whale. We killed it. So now we're going to eat all of it and use all of it for stuff, which they don't even do. They're like, leave it to the sharks. I don't want to eat it at all. The next is the shark massacre, unfortunately. And Queequeg and the other men, they have to stand up on the deck and systematically kill the sharks all night, which I hate. So... Mm -hmm. That's a shame. Um, one of the dead sharks, when they pull it on board, it almost cuts Queequeg's hand off with its teeth. Even though it's dead? I think it's like slashing, or I think it's like thrashing around like like electronic. So it's not dead yet. Not electronic, electrical. <laughs> no, death throws, I guess. The next chapter, which I don't want to hear about either, is just a description of them butchering a whale carcass. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay and, on like, that. taking the blubber off. That's enough of that. They get really detailed. Like, he really wants you to know that he understands how to do this. Um, Just showing off. Chapter 68 is called the, yeah, it's called the blanket. It's not about a real blanket. It's about, like, the coat of blubber that the whale has. Mm. Yeah, and that he admires it. He's like, wow, because of this, the whale can live anywhere. The hot-blooded fish. He's an idiot. He, this dude, he is so dumb. I mean, it has to be cold where it lives, though. Well, I mean, it's... It's off the Isle of like Tahiti right now, so it's not that hot, or it's not that yeah, cold. That's true. That's true. It can go. He's just saying it can go all over. Yeah, he's like it can be in the world, but not of the world. <laughs> I mean, that's what he says about the whale. <laughs> so he says it seems to me that we see this like rare, strong vitality, blah blah blah, and it says, "Oh man." <laughs> Admire and model thyself after the whale. Do thou too remain warm among ice. Do thou too live in this world without being of it. Be cool at the equator. Keep thy blood fluid at the pole. Like the great dome of St. Peter's and like the great whale, retain, O man, in all seasons a temperature of thine own. But how easy and how hopeless to teach these fine things. Of erections, how few are domed like St. Peter's. Of creatures, how few vast is the whale. Yeah, I guess he's right, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the whale is way bigger than everyone else. He's got he's got a point there. St. Yeah. Peter's erection is a lot more domed than other ones, too. He's right about that. He's right about a lot of things in this chapter. Unfortunately, chapter 69 is called The Funeral, and it sounds terrible as well. They've beheaded and skinned this poor whale, and he's just there hanging on the boat. And everyone hates to look at it. And I would also hate to look at it. 
And yeah, very sad. After they release, like after they've taken all that they want to take from the whale, it's time for the whale funeral, which is when they like cut it free from the boat and it floats away. And then it says that a lot of times, like, it's always attracted fish and sharks and all kinds of different birds are attracted to the whale carcass, obviously, because it's a lot of food. And they say a lot of times when they're just floating around, other ships see it and they think that it's, like, a pile of rocks or whatever. So they put it on their map to say, like, avoid this area. There's a bunch of rocks. Yeah. And then he's like, isn't it funny how this scary animal can't hurt you anymore and it's dead, but now you're afraid of it? <sighs> wow. He's an edgelord. Whales don't really hurt people that much. They're pretty Whales nice. don't hurt people. People hurt people. Tell that to Ahab. That's his fault. <laughs> it's really Ahab's fault, though. He shouldn't have gotten involved. Well, especially except for the orcas, the unionized orcas. And that's why we shouldn't allow unions. No, we should. I love those orcas. The last uh, chapter that we're talking about today, chapter 70, Ooh. The Sphinx. You ready, Becca Boo? Oh, okay. Ishmael says, oh, I forgot to explain how beheading works. And then he explains it. I assume he's talking about a whale, but I, I think I get it. <laughs> Cut the head off. <laughs> he's like, no, 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 Rachel, it's so much more complicated than that. On a whale, you don't know where the head starts and the body begins. <laughs> Because there's no neck. <laughs> so that's why it's complicated. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay, fine. But he's, the best whale oil is in the whale's head. So that's why they have to cut the head off. Yeah. And then Ahab is talking to this disembodied head and he asks it to tell it its secrets. And obviously it doesn't. And then a cry goes up and another ship is approaching. And that's the end of the chapter. He spends a long time, like, asking this whale to tell him things. Do either of you remember there was this, like, old YouTube video from, like, I don't know, maybe, like, more than 15 years ago, Whoa. maybe 20 years ago. And it was it was called Fish Heads. You don't remember that? No. It was a little song. No, no I don't remember fish that. Fish Heads, Fish Heads, Roly Poly Fish Heads. Mm -mm. And it says, ask a fish head anything you want to. It won't answer it can't talk. Mm -mm. No, that doesn't ring any bells. It's so true, though. Ahab is like, you saw all these, like, drowned lovers that, you know, went down to the bottom of the ocean, and you saw all these sailors where their mothers would have given their lives to be able to lie down next to them, and you saw the pirates that were murdered, and... You saw all of these things like ships on the bottom and you've seen things where no diver has ever gone before. And he's like, I can't believe you've seen all this stuff and you can't speak one word. It's like, what the fuck, Ahab? You killed this guy. <laughs> yeah. You killed this guy. <laughs> if you'd just given him a chance, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Try talking to him next time before you take the head off. That would be the move. All right. Well, oh, that guy. that's the... 70 chapters of, of Moby Dick now. So, I mean, I think we're we're speeding on through. It had got really gruesome. Yeah, it's gotten very gruesome. I'm glad I didn't read it. I was thinking of you, Rachel, while I was reading that, and I was like, I definitely don't like reading gruesome tales of animals being murdered, but I know you hate it infinitely more than even I do. How did you handle that? Um, well, let's just pretend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But is it? <laughs> it's totally made up, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's never happened. <laughs> There's a lot of horrible things that go on. I mean, there. I know worse things about the sea, so. Oh, okay. Stellar sea cow, anyone? No. It's an atrocity committed by the British. We can talk about it next time, maybe. <laughs> or maybe we'll get Jacob on to talk about it. <laughs> no. Do you want to have a, pod, uh, a Patreon episode that's just atrocities committed by the British? English atrocities. 
with Jacob. English atrocities with Jacob. Number one is mushy peas. <laughs> I don't know if it's number one. <laughs> the list he goes probably on. probably likes them, honestly. It's the first one that I can think of. Number two, toast water. Post water. Toast water. I, I think I said this to Jacob on one of our episodes. I have a, a book called The History of Food and 100 Recipes or something, and it just goes through, like, different ages. But during, I guess, like, the 40s, during, like, the blackouts in England or post-war or something when they, like, hardly had any food over there, they had a recipe that was just toast water. And this was literally a recipe that was written down, and it was you make toast. Got it. You put that toast in some water. Toast water. That's the recipe. You can learn a lot about the state of the world from the recipes at any given time. And I asked Jacob about this, and I think he refused He's to He's like, comment. I eat that all the day. All the day long. <laughs> all like the that. day. I eat that toast all day long. All the live long day. <laughs> and just have a glass of water on the side. That's what I do. Toast is delicious. You don't need to put it in some water. You could just eat it like that. Unless you want to be like sloppy steaks, sloppy toasts. Any, uh, I think you should leave fans out there. I'm familiar. Becca's not. When I was writing this outline, I was writing this outline earlier, Evangeline laid on my keyboard and I don't know how she did it, but she like opened up iTunes and started playing a track. And all I have on the iTunes uh, or Apple Music or whatever they call it now on this laptop is just like fire the cannon things. So she started playing a track of that robot voice, Jacob, (laughs) just very loud in our living room. (laughs) It was very frightening. Oh, no school (laughs) well is this the end i kind of have to go because i have school tomorrow all right can we say like maybe one more funny thing just to get us going let's hear it i can say something from when i was in salem yeah that's appropriate when we started on our tour you know this was before i cried because he told us to do the right thing and i was like i hate doing the right thing um but this was at the beginning And he was showing us these different areas and he showed us this one building and he was like, oh, this is a place where there was a movie filmed in 1993. It was kind of a box office flop. So I don't know if anyone saw it, but this is where that happened. And then he moved on and I was like, like everyone kind of laughed. And I was like, I looked at Joshua because he knows all the movies. And I was like, what is he talking about? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, "Okay." so we start walking and I was like, wait a second, like what movie is it? And he was like, Hocus Pocus. And everyone laughed at me. And I was like. I've never seen it. Oh, he was being ironic. Yeah. You haven't seen Hocus Pocus? I've never seen it, and I guess Joshua hasn't either. So we were the only two idiots on the tour that were like, what movie? (laughs) But did he not say Hocus Pocus? No, he didn't until I asked him. Like, that's how much he assumed everyone would just know what he meant. That is pretty funny. I guess he's assuming, like, pretty safely that anyone who's like, I'm going to go to Salem and go on a witch tour would have seen, like, all the witch movies. I guess. I mean, there were multiple scenes from that movie on that tour so maybe he just thought like everyone's doing the hocus pocus (laughs) tour so okay well that was a crazy portion of moby dick my gosh like nothing happened he just grossed us out yeah he did gross us out do you think is this a, a thing that you would learn about in school that he's stalling for time and he's saying all these really detailed things about how whaling ships work because he doesn't want to tell you what actually happened like is that a strategy because that's a wild strategy this is a long book yeah that could be that could be a strategy but he's you know he's just been doing this the whole time it is a strategy though you're right i would say so far overall i'm still enjoying moby dick but this is my least favorite section of all three I was going to say, the writing is still good and everything, and I don't want to be those people. I don't want to be those people. I don't want to be one of those people who's, like, plot above all else, but is a lot of details. I'm one of those people. You gotta have some plot. You gotta have I, I'm a big plot girl. 
It's just like, yeah. oh, we saw a boat and we didn't talk to them and we killed one whale. Okay, that's 30 chapters. <laughs> I liked the several chapters in a row where it was like something creepy-ish happened. The Filipinos. And then it's Filipinos. Oh, the Philippines. That's that the was best great. Part. Yeah. Okay, never mind. That Actually, those <laughs> that first like good, six yeah. chapters kind of redeemed the whole section for me. I'm back on board. <laughs> I mean, look, if you're really into whales, you've got to read this book. <laughs> I'm into whales, but I don't want them to all be killed. And he, his facts are wrong. If you're into killing them. Sorry. If you're really into killing whales. <laughs> okay. If you're Rachel and Becca's mom and you haven't read this book, I guess you need to listen to this podcast. We'll give everyone an update in uh, part four, which will be sooner than the other, like the break between two and three. Don't worry. Maybe. Yeah, that would be wild. I think I would refuse to keep doing this book if you told me we were not going to record another one for three months. I think I'd be like, we can stop. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> we're no, done. we're going to do another one. We'll do it. It'll how be... many more? How many more? Cha- like, are we even halfway at this point? We're more than halfway. I think we were planning to do five sections. Yeah, which is not bad for, because it's over 600 pages in some editions. That's a lot of pages. And it does pick up plot wise towards the end. It better. God. What if, what if like, the end of the book, like, the final plot thing happened, whatever that is, and then it continues for six more chapters about, like, wait, I didn't explain how, like, the hooks work or something. And what <laughs> the crotch I totally is. I gotta tell you that. about the crotch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, back to the crotch. <laughs> wait, I said this would be important, but I forgot to make it important. <laughs> All right, y'all. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to now that we're back doing our thing if you want to give us some money you should go to patreon.com slash fire the cannon and if we ever have another long break and you're like i need more content well there's content on the patreon <laughs> i need more content lots of it <laughs> you made them there's so lots stupid. of it there's some fun stuff over there if you would like to follow us on social media where we actually have been more active thanks to jack jack we're on instagram we're on twitter slash x whatever nobody calls it that we're on tiktok at fire the cannon pod because we are a podcast that's what pod is short for not everyone knows that yeah check us out go to our facebook group listen you can go and sign up for a trial see if you like it go on patreon like click around we have different things that you can do and then if you decide you don't like it you can cancel it but you won't probably because you'll forget about it and then we get to keep your money so try that out just try it like darius and youtube premium oh gosh darius yeah we'll we'll put it to good use and hey Maybe in an episode or two, we'll be able to tell you how our little sister friendship setup went in terms of Becca and Caitlin hanging out. (laughs) Okay. Ahoy. Ahoy, mateys. Ahoy. Oh, no. I don't know if we're starting or ending now. (laughs) Bye, all the big Ds out there. That was crazy.